For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Russian President Vladimir Putin called the U.S. dollar's drop in dominance, quote, objective and irreversible during the recent BRICS summit in South Africa as Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa formally agreed to use local currencies instead of the U.S. dollar. It's the first shoe to drop. As demand for the dollar weakens, the buying power of the dollar also weakens. That's why Birch Gold Group is busier than ever. Investors and savers are looking to harness the power of physical gold held in a tax-sheltered IRA. Text Monica to 989-898 for your free info kit on gold. Thousands of happy customers, an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, and countless five-star reviews, you can count on Birch Gold to help you navigate transitioning an existing IRA or 401k into an IRA in gold. As the U.S. dollar continues to receive pressure from foreign countries, digital currency, and central banks, arm yourself with information on how to protect your savings. Just text MONICA to 989-898 to claim your free info kit from Birch Gold Group right now. Hey guys, I'm Monica Crowley and this is the Monica Crowley Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me here on this Wednesday. We are midweek and I'm delighted to have you on board. This is your go-to for hot liberty, a safe space for all of us thought criminals, independent thinkers, and happy warriors. On social media, Instagram at Monica Crowley underscore and on Twitter and True Social at Monica Crowley. Also by email, if you want to let me know what's on your mind, I am at Monica Crowley Podcast at gmail.com. So send me a note. Love hearing from you guys. Okay, today we woke up in a different country, a much different country than even just a couple of days ago. I want to break apart this Trump indictment sham maybe in ways that you have not yet heard, because that's why you come to this show. I'm going to take it all apart, uh, because this is a huge tipping point for this country. I know the cliche about the Rubicon, crossing the Rubicon, but you know what? In this case, it's absolutely true. And this case actually deserves significant attention about how we got here and what is actually going on. Also, later in the show, we're going to talk to the one and only Alan Dershowitz, who is a longtime Democrat, still considers himself a liberal, but stands for the rule of law in a way that very few others on the left, if any, actually still do anymore. He's got a brand new book out called Get Trump. And he's going to be here to to help us uh, take apart the legal aspects of this, but also the constitutional parts of this. I mean, this is a major deconstruction of the constitutional backbone of America. 
what we're seeing, this is all a deliberate takedown of the country, as we have long said on this show. But this particular case is going to be a huge lever to accelerate it. And that's why I wanted to have Dersh on today, because from a left-leaning point of view, Dershowitz is going to take part. What is actually happening here? What's going on with the other cases against Donald Trump? And what the bigger constitutional and legal meaning of all of this is? We have no country without the rule of law. And we're quickly getting there if we're not there already. So Alan Dershowitz here coming up in a couple of minutes. You are not going to want to miss this conversation, I promise you. Also, later in the week, because this week is Passover and it is Holy Week, so Christians and Jews are, are marking this week in very sacred kind of ways, later in the week, we are going to keep our eyes on him. Not Trump, not Alan Dershowitz, not Joe Biden, him with a capital H. Okay, so we've got a very special show coming up on Friday with a very special guest, because I think given the darkness that is on the ascent and the wickedness that's on the march, I think we need to have a conversation about the bigger things that matter and the one who is actually in control, not Trump, not the deep state, not China. You know who I'm talking about the one who's sitting on the throne who is still in control. I think we need a reminder of who's really in charge, um, especially as we're waging this spiritual war coming at us from every direction. Okay, so that's coming up later in the week. First up, though, the Monica memo. Not going to sugarcoat this for you. Yesterday was a really, really bad day. It was a really dark day for the country. You had three things happen yesterday that are really going to set this country on a very dark and different trajectory. First, of course, you had the arraignment of Donald Trump in a courthouse in lower Manhattan. We're going to get into that more. Secondly, you had a Soros-backed candidate flip the Supreme Court in the state of Wisconsin. State of Wisconsin is absolutely critical to the electoral map for 2024 and beyond. Now you've got a radical Marxist who is ascending to the Wisconsin Supreme Court. It was four to three conservative. Now it's going to be four, three left wing. And the dangers of this are um, immeasurable. We had Scott Pressler on the show last week. He was doing amazing work on the ground in Wisconsin to get out the vote. Thank God for him. But, you know, the RNC, the state Republican organizations are basically useless. It's all up to us. We've got to be the standing army. There is no cavalry coming for us, guys. There's just not. And our state parties and the national party, forget about it. It's just, they're useless. They're useless because by the most part, they are uniparty. They want to go back to 2015 when they had their gravy trains and everybody was getting more power and getting more money and getting richer. That's what they want at the expense of the country and you and me. Wisconsin is a critical part of this nation's future. Wisconsin is the birthplace of progressivism. I don't know if you guys know that, but now you do. In the early 20th century, progressivism was actually born in the state of Wisconsin. So they have a deep, long tradition of 
leftism, progressivism, and activism. But we were making some inroads. And I don't know if you guys know this either, but Donald Trump was the first Republican to win the state of Wisconsin since Ronald Reagan in 1984. Again, the left saw that, caught flat-footed, and vowed never again. So now we've got a situation where we had the Supreme Court, which is elected in the state of Wisconsin. Uh, we tried everything we could, came up short. I don't know how honest this election was yesterday. I do know that the Democrats and Soros and the left poured a ton of money into backing the progressive candidate. And guess what? She won. So as Scott Pressler warned us last week, say goodbye to all of the voter integrity measures on the ground in Wisconsin. Kiss them goodbye. Voter ID, signature verification, all of that out the window. So now Wisconsin could be lost. You know Zuckerberg was all over Wisconsin in 2020 and they had these laws in place. So imagine without these laws in place, it's going to be an even more uphill battle in 2024, because if you've lost Wisconsin, now your electoral map gets even more complicated and tough. And then, of course, the city of Chicago had a mayor's race yesterday. Now, remember, the voters in Chicago were fed up with crime, apparently, and gave the boot to the incumbent mayor, Lori Lightfoot, who was a crazed Marxist. So we thought that the voters in Chicago had hit a wall, that they had had enough. Well, it looked like that until yesterday's runoff election where the raging Marxist, raging communist won the race. You had two Democrats. One was a more moderate uh, by the name of Paul Vallis, I believe. And then there was a Marxist, Brandon Johnson, Johnson won the mayor's race. Johnson is an anti-white racist. He is uh, totally beholden to the uh, teachers' unions, and he believes in completely defunding law enforcement. So Chicago, like Wisconsin, does not have a very happy future, does it? And all I have to say is, you know, to the people in these places who keep electing communists, Marxists, to the people who keep electing these communists, they, they are self-destructive morons. I'm sorry, hate to insult my fellow Americans, but really, if you are affirmatively making this choice for your community and your state to live in this kind of dark tyranny, um, we can't help you anymore. This is, this is the future that you have chosen. The problem for the rest of us is it seeps into everything else. And we've got a very, very dangerous development where the Democrats in Washington and the Biden administration, they are seeking to nationalize our laws so that there will be no real escape. You know, we always say, well, you know, get out of the cities, New York, Chicago, San Francisco. It, these places are dystopian communist hellholes. Get out, move. Well, first of all, it's not all that easy for people to move. And secondly, you know, if they're nationalizing this Marxist agenda, there will be no escape. Can't go to Florida or Texas or Tennessee and escape federal law. 
That is a huge danger. We're not paying close enough attention to that. I have been covering it um, on this show. We're going to do more of that because everybody needs to wake up. So yesterday was a very bad day for the rest of us. Can't, can't decode it. The country looks like it's in collapse. These are very dark days. Wickedness is absolutely on the march. We need to turn back to God. We need all hands on deck. Just because things are pretty grim right now, that doesn't mean we don't fight, okay? We don't give up. You know, we get dispirited, and that's okay. We're human beings. But we can't allow this kind of discouragement to take over our force of action. We need to be so motivated to take our country back that we overwhelm them. And I know it's tough because they control all of the institutions, all of the levers of power. But in the end, there are more of us than them. And this is another reason why they're constantly trying to smear, discredit, and disperse our movements. Whether it's you know, the, the Nixon Great Silent Majority, or the Reagan Revolution, or the Tea Party, or Make America Great Again, the America First movement, it's all the same movement. And every single time the left sees that we are coming together, they don't want us to feel our power. And so they come in to disrupt us. And you know, in the past, it's been discredited as discredited us, discredit us as racists and bigots and so on, smear us. But now they have ratcheted up the game as communists always do, because now it's not just smear the Tea Party as a bunch of bigots. Now it's imprison the Tea Party. Now it's weaponize the criminal justice system and put your political opponents in jail. Donald Trump, of course, is the biggest symbol of all of this, but they're coming for all of us. When Hillary Clinton called us the deplorables, and Barack Obama said, cling into your guns and your religion. That's how they view us. And now it's not just their words that they are targeting us with, but the entire force of the U.S. government, including law enforcement, DOJ, FBI, local DAs, criminalizing politics. We are next level, guys. Next level. You can say, I don't like Donald Trump or I don't want to vote for him all you want. This is not about Donald Trump. This is about you and me and the future of our constitutional republic, which is hanging by a thread if it's not gone already. But none of this means that we just stand by, throw our hands in the air and give up. No, we are happy warriors and we will take our country back, but we need two things. We need really motivated action, organized action like the left does, and we need God. We need to turn back to God as a people and as a country. And that's why on Friday on this show, heading into, and this is Passover week, and certainly heading into uh, Good Friday and Easter weekend, we're going to spend time on this show talking about exactly that. Because in the end, that's the only thing that's really going to pull us out. We need to turn our eyes back to him, and we need real concerted effort and action.
All right, let's hit a quick break. When we come back, I want to turn our attention to what happened yesterday and what it means for the country. Um, I want to do big picture. We'll do smaller picture about the uh, particulars of this case with Alan Dershowitz coming up in a couple of minutes, but I want to set the stage and the table for the much bigger picture here. You're not going to want to miss a second of this. Sit tight. Okay, everybody, listen up. We all want to be healthier, right? Well, to get there, we have to have a healthier diet, which is not always easy to do. I can attest to that. You know, that shredded lettuce in a double-double and the fruit filling in a donut are amazing, but they do not count toward the recommended five servings of fruits and vegetables a day. Sorry to be the one to break it to you, but they don't. I don't always eat healthy either, but I will share that the Mayo Clinic says if you want to help prevent heart disease, lower blood pressure, and cholesterol, eat five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. I don't, and you probably won't. That's why I take Field of Greens. Unlike other supplements, each fruit and each vegetable in Field of Greens was medically selected by doctors to support your vital organs, like the heart, lungs, kidneys, and the immune system. Flu season is here, and I trust Field of Greens to help me stay healthy. Field of Greens works fast and tastes so good. It's really delicious, guys, and you'll feel better with more energy and you'll notice your skin, hair, and nails will look healthier too. I certainly noticed that in me since I started taking Field of Greens. If you don't always eat right and exercise, join me and take Field of Greens. Let me get you started with 15% off your first order. Visit fieldofgreens.com and use promo code MONICA. That's promo code MONICA at fieldofgreens.com, fieldofgreens.com. All right, welcome back. Guys, this is it. This is the hill to die on. The enemy is within. It's always been within. The left has been attacking this country for decades, but now we are at a tipping point. I like to use the metaphor of termites in a house. I don't know if any of you have been unlucky enough to have termites, but when termites begin to infest, they chip away at the foundation of a wooden house and they eat and eat for years, the termites will eat. And they are slowly but surely, and they are slowly but surely weakening the very foundations of the house. Now to the naked eye, years could go by and the house looks fine until one day the entire house collapses. And everybody wonders, what in God's name happened there to that house? That house looked great because you couldn't see with the naked eye what was going on at the foundation of the house. Well, our country has been eaten away by these Marxists, by these communists for nearly 100 years. Again, this started in the 1930s. It has continued straight on through. And yes, we've had more optimistic and productive times like during the Reagan years, et cetera. And certainly during the Trump four years, but it, the communists never stopped chipping away at the foundations of this country. They infiltrated all of our institutions. They grabbed control of all of the power. They indoctrinated all of our kids. And now we're at the tipping point moment 
where the entire house could collapse. The greatest threat, the most dangerous threat we face is the weaponization of our own government against us. And that has been part of the plot as well. The most fearsome agencies in the government, the DOJ, FBI, the IRS, and now we've got local DAs that we can count in that, state prosecutors, state attorneys, the ones that have the ability to take your freedom, destroy your life, bankrupt you, grab your assets, the leftist takeover of these agencies and law enforcement in particular has now been completed and they are pointed directly toward you. In the Trump case, let's look at how it started and how it's going. Here's how it started. Uh, Fat Alvin Bragg, the Soros-backed DA in Manhattan, during the Democratic primary, when he had some pretty fierce competition, here he is admitting in that race that his main objective is to get Trump. Listen. But one of the things uh, leading into this vote for the Manhattan District Attorney's Office, I know a lot of people are wondering, uh, whoever has this job, are they going to convict Donald Trump? Look, that 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 is uh, the number one issue. We know he's investigating. And what I'll say is I'm the only I was the first to announce against Cy Vance. I, too, have a lot of issues, which is why I decided to run. I'm the candidate in the race who has the experience with with Donald Trump. I was the chief deputy in the attorney general's office. We sued the Trump administration over 100 times uh, for the Muslim travel ban, for family separation at the border for shenanigans with the census. Uh, so I know how to, to litigate uh, with him. I also led the team that did the Trump Foundation case. So uh, I'm ready to go wherever the facts take me and to inherit that case. And I think, you know, I'd be hard to argue with the fact that that's, that'd be the most important, uh, most high-profile case. Uh, and I've seen him up front and seen the lawlessness that he can do. And What's... you believe it should happen? I, you know, I, I, I believe we have to hold him accountable. Uh, I haven't seen all the facts beyond the public, but... I've litigated with him, and so I'm I'm prepared to go where the facts take me once I see them uh, and hold them accountable. Oh, so he made it pretty clear there that his life's mission as DA would be to get Trump. Hmm. Well, that's how it started. Here's how it's going. Here is President Trump last night saying never in his wildest dreams did he think we would be here. I never thought anything like this could happen in America. Never thought it could happen. The only crime that I have committed is to fearlessly defend our nation from those who seek to destroy it. So, yeah, this is Donald Trump. But as he pointed out, it's bigger than him. This is about what is happening to our country. Whether it's the raid of Mar-a-Lago, whether it's this um, incredibly pathetic and outrageous, destructive persecution of Donald Trump. And there are all of these other cases coming down the pike. And we'll talk to Alan Dershowitz about that in a couple of minutes. But all of this stuff, guys, these are messaging events. And the message is anybody who challenges the regime's corrupt power will be destroyed. Remember, I worked with President Nixon during the last years of his life. And it occurred to me last summer when we saw the raid on President Trump's home, 
I looked at the date closely and guess what? That was on the anniversary of President Nixon's resignation. That was not a coincidence. August 8th, 1974, August 8th, 2022. All of these things are messaging events. The attack on Richard Nixon, the attack on Donald Trump. Look, those two men were outsiders, not beholden to the ruling class, genuinely in office to represent us the American people and America's interests around the world. They challenged the ruling class's absolute grip on power, and therefore they both needed to be destroyed. Guys, the empire always strikes back, and they have all of the levers of power, including government's monopoly on power, to do it. They will crush anybody who stands in their way and who threatens their power in any way. The regime is doing this to President Trump right now, and it's only going to get worse. The Bragg thing, Bragg thing is just, that's an incredibly weak case. It, he could get convicted in the end, and he's going to have to win on appeal. Um, but this is just the start. You have all of these other investigations. But remember, again, it's not just about him. We've got our fellow Americans rotting in prison from January 6th. Well, BLM and Antifa, rioters, terrorists, they walk free. Not a care in the world, no problem. The two-tiered justice system in this country is really the most dangerous thing that we face. Last year, Mrs. Clinton quietly settled a campaign finance violation over reporting the Steele dossier $1 million funding as legal services. Oh, she did the exact same thing, only worse. She paid a fine, was never indicted, never arrested. So this two-tier justice system is deeply entrenched now and incredibly dangerous. Trump is indicted while Mrs. Clinton skates. Antifa and BLM rioters roam free while the January 6th protesters are imprisoned without due process and without bail. Douglas Mackey faces 10 years in prison for some joking memes about Hillary Clinton in 2016 that a left-wing liberal, Christina Wong, posted with impunity. We cannot go on like this. Our system cannot survive prosecuting the innocent while allowing the guilty to skate. We cannot go on like this. The depth of corruption and rot is so extreme that I think you can't reform it. I think you've got to raise it all to the ground. Using the FBI and Soros DAs and the DOJ as their own secret police, how do you like your police state? All of these government institutions that are supposed to be blind, justice is blind, and they're supposed to be neutral, well, they're all being used now willingly as the secret police in this country. The left's muscle against their political enemies, and they're doing so openly without a care in the world because they can, because they don't fear us, they don't fear Republicans. We gotta ask ourselves why that is. But all of this is being done in order to tear the country apart. Ripping the country apart is in their job description. This is what they do. They are revolutionaries. This is what they do. To what end? Silencing and intimidating their critics, stopping their political adversaries, now attempting to jail their political adversaries, making an example out of us, 
sending a shot across the bow to others thinking about putting up a fight against them. Don't even think about it because we will destroy you too. That means all of us. Trump is a stand-in for all of us. The other side has weaponized the whole of government against us. And how we fight back will be our choice. But I do know one thing. We can't do it without God. All right, when we come back, we're going to talk to Alan Dershowitz about the particulars of this case, the other cases against Donald Trump, and what it means for our constitutional system. You're not going to want to miss this conversation. First, so guys, you know, in order to fight this battle, yes, we do need God, but we also need everybody to be in full fighting strength. And in order to do that, you have to be really healthy. I know it's really hard to eat healthy when you're busy, whether you're traveling, taking care of the kids, or just the daily hustle. It can be really hard to get the daily recommended vegetables and fruit in your diet. That's why I take Field of Greens. It's whole organic fruit and vegetables, not a watered down supplement. And it's backed by a better health promise. Each ingredient in Field of Greens was scientifically chosen to support vital organs like heart, lungs, and kidney health. Others support my immune system, blood pressure, metabolism, and healthy weight loss. So let me get you started with 15% off. Visit fieldofgreens.com and use promo code MONICA. Like me, you'll probably look and feel healthier fast and have way more energy. But your best proof will be at your next checkup when your doctor looks and says, hey, whatever you're doing, it's working. Keep it up. To get 15% off, visit fieldofgreens.com and use promo code MONICA. That's promo code MONICA at fieldofgreens.com. We're coming right back. Well, I'm so honored to welcome a very special and perfect guest for today. Renowned attorney, legendary professor at Harvard Law School, and prolific author. I believe that he has written over 50 books, which is just astonishing. His new book is called Get Trump, The Threat to Civil Liberties, Due Process, and Our Constitutional Rule of Law. This is an absolute must-read so go get this book right now, wherever books are sold, because I'm telling you, it really breaks apart exactly what we're going through. The great Alan Dershowitz joins us now. Alan, welcome. Sad day yesterday, but I'm happy to be on to help explain why this goes well beyond Donald Trump and affects you, me, and every American. Well, it's so good to have you here. And again, I couldn't think of a more perfect guest to break all of this apart. So there is a lot to get to uh, with you. But first, Alan, your reaction to this indictment of a former president of the United States? My concern is much more with the fact that it's an indictment of a possible future president of the United States, that they are interfering with an election, that this is the first time in American history a Democratic um, DA runs on the campaign to get uh, uh, Trump, to prevent him from becoming the president against the leader of his party. And he comes up with a very thin indictment uh, in order to uh, have an impact on the election. Bragg, the name of my book, Get Trump, is based on Bragg's campaign promise uh, to get Trump. And he's 
now succeeded in at least indicting him. But, you know, the indictment is so incredibly thin. Let me just tell you what the theory of the case is. The theory is that when Donald Trump paid $130,000 to make sure that a former porn star doesn't reveal an alleged adulterous affair so as to embarrass his wife, his friends, his business associates, and even voters, that once he paid that money, he immediately was obligated to state in the public record of his corporation, oh, by the way, the reason I paid this such money is to make sure that nobody discloses what I'm now about to disclose, that I paid the hush money to stop anybody from disclosing that I had an adulterous affair. Has anyone in history since the time that Alexander Hamilton uh, paid hush money to silence his affair, has anyone in history ever paid the hush money and then disclosed it in a corporate form? It's absurd. It's never happened. It never will happen. And that's the essence of the complaint against him. What do you make, Alan, of the fact that uh, apparently, and, and I took a look at the indictment, I took a yeah. look at the statement of facts, but what's really bizarre is that the underlying crime, wh where is it? There is no underlying crime stated here that makes the indictment a felony. It is not stated in this indictment, and indictments have to put the accused on notice and not make it into some sort of guessing game. What is going on here? Well, Bragg said that it's not required by law to describe the underlying offense. He then tried to do it in his press conference, but it didn't work. The underlying offense has to be a state crime. It can't be a federal crime. After all, well, well, if it says it has to be to cover up another crime, could it be to cover up a crime in France or in England? No, it has to be in New York. And uh, the crime that I think they're going to allege is that he was trying to deprive the voters of the fact that he'd paid hush money. But again, hush money is common. It's just paid every day of the week. Non-disclosure agreements are, are routine. That can't be a crime. And, and, and then the state would have to prove that he had only one motive, only to affect his campaign. It had nothing to do with his wife, his children, his family, his brand. I mean, after all, his brand is his wealth. And obviously, it would be embarrassing to his brand to say that he had an affair with a former porn star. So the case is just not winnable. And I'm hearing this from Democrats. I'm hearing it from independents. Obviously, I'm hearing it from Republicans. There's no case here. It's made up. Uh, you know, Justice Jackson, probably the greatest uh, attorney general in American history, warned his deputy attorney generals never to rummage through the statute books to try to find laws that he can charge people with. Uh, and, and that's what this is. Bragg runs along with the attorney general of New York on the campaign to get Trump. They then rummage through the statute books to try to find them. They can't find them. The former DA doesn't find any statutes. Even he didn't find any statute in the beginning. And then he gets pressure According to the New York Times, there was an enormous pushback and pressure when he decided not to prosecute. Two of his assistants quit. And then he puts his finger up to the wind and says, look, I'm going to do this. And then he misleads the, the American public. He says in his press conference, this is my bread and butter. I always bring these kinds of cases. Well, I've issued him a challenge. Show us one case where you or anyone else has ever prosecuted anyone for paying hush money and not disclosing that fact on a corporate form. It's never been done. He made it up. But the judge won't have the courage to throw it out. 
um, you know, he's not going to be the one in New York who's going to want to have his finger pointed at him and saying, oh, my God, that's the judge who freed Donald Trump. Donald Trump had 87 percent of the voters in the New York vote against him. Uh, nobody's going to want to have the courage to throw the case out against Donald Trump. So he may very well be convicted, particularly by a Manhattan jury. Do you think there's any possibility of a change of venue? Can they get it out of New York or is that just unrealistic? It's very realistic. You should make a motion to move it to Staten Island or to Long Island or to Rockland County, uh, where the voting patterns are, are much more even. Uh, he will lose in front of this judge because this judge won't have the courage. But then he probably can immediately appeal that decision to a court of appeals, and maybe they will move it. Uh, if Bragg is so confident of his case, why is he worried about a Staten Island jury or a Long Island jury? Why does he care? Remember, here's what he's really arguing. I campaigned on the promise to get Trump. A lot of voters voted for me on that promise. Now I want to have those voters serve on the jury to make sure that I can follow my promise. He wants the very people who voted for him on a campaign promise to get Trump to serve on the jury to determine whether or not he's gotten Trump. That is so unjust. Well, I'll tell you, Alan, I live in New York City still. Pray for me. Um, I live there and I'm dying to get on this jury. <laughs> You're not going to make it. Me. No, You're I know. Believe me, I know Bragg's uh, prosecutors throw me right off in about two seconds. Um, you know, we've heard that this case was dead in the water for a long time, as you point out, the DOJ, Bragg's predecessor, Cy Vance. No, nobody took it up because there's nothing here. Um, but now we heard that even Bragg, you know, last year said, uh, I've got nothing. As you point out, he lost a couple of people who just quit on him because he said there's nothing here. But then the Biden team got involved and they installed a top Obama Biden operative, a guy by uh, the name of I think it's uh, Matthew Cullen Jello, something like that. Um, and he joined Bragg's team. He's a real left wing radical and a real political operative. Once he got involved, then the case revived. So, Look, right. I, I mean, how 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 much does that at all damage this going forward well, or it does it damage it in the court of law? It's very hard to win a case on selective prosecution. It certainly damages it in the court of public opinion. The resources that have been put on this case, remember this is a victimless crime. This is not a crime which anybody's hurt. This is the DA who reduces felonies to misdemeanors when people are hurt or assaulted or mugged. Uh, but this is a crime without a victim. And he's devoted all the resources to the office. I know some of these people, some of my former students, some are great lawyers. And um, he's determined to win this case because he has to win it in order to get reelected. Um, you know, it's, even the Bible instructs prosecutors and judges two things only. Don't take bribes, obviously. And the other, don't recognize faces. Don't recognize faces. That means don't do justice based on who a person is, based on their gender, on their race, on their political affiliation. Do it based on the merits of the case. This is the least meritorious case I have seen in my 60 years of practicing law and teaching law. The worst case I have ever seen. You know, part of me was hoping when the indictment came out, maybe there's something there. Maybe it will vindicate our system of justice. After all, I'm not a Trump supporter. I didn't vote for him. If he did something that's criminal and that everybody else gets prosecuted for, he ought to be prosecuted. I was hoping maybe there was something there. And there was less there than I thought would be there. 
less there. 34 crimes. You know, when I worked as a deli uh, slicer in the Lower East Side when I was 15 years old, the owner of the company always said, slice the salami as thin as you can. Make 34 slices out of it. That's what the prosecutor did here. He just sliced one case into 34. Every single check, every single invoice, every single is a crime. But there is no crime here because it's not a crime to fail to disclose the reason you paid hush money to avoid embarrassment to your family, to your brand, to your voters. That's just not a crime. And it's so Stalinist. It's the entire Stalinist approach, as Barry has said, show me the man and I'll show you the yeah. crime. So we are in a tyrannical system, whether we want to acknowledge that or not. All right, Ellen, I'm going to ask you to please stand by because there's so much more I want to get to with you. OK, so please sit tight, everybody. First, though, guys, you know, The Economist recently reported that American philanthropy is going woke like everything else and predominantly funding left wing causes. Do you want to help counterbalance this left-wing influence? If so, consider listening to Giving Ventures. It'll give you an idea of the liberty-minded organizations working to erase the heavy hand of government so individuals can prosper and thrive, and that's what it's all about. Giving Ventures is a podcast designed to help donors and prospective donors discover new opportunities to change the world for the better. Twice a month, the Giving Ventures podcast highlights several nonprofit efforts, initiatives, and projects that leverage private philanthropy to solve public problems. Recently, they were joined by Star Parker, founder and president of the Center for Urban Renewal and Education, a charity that works with lawmakers to craft policy that lifts people out of poverty. Kendall Qualls, the president of Take Charge MN, whose organization promotes common sense family policy and vocational training. And Bob Woodson, founder and president of the Woodson Center, a charity that helps revitalize low-income communities. The show is a product of Donors Trust the oldest and largest donor-advised fund helping conservative and libertarian givers simplify, protect, and grow their giving. The team at Donors Trust regularly engages with the policy groups, student organizations, academic centers, and civil society nonprofits that endeavor to limit government, grow personal responsibility, and strengthen free enterprise. So if you care about the principles of liberty and if charitable giving is an important part of your life, Giving Ventures is the podcast for you. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts like this one and catch up on the latest episode by visiting donorstrust.org slash Monica. We're coming right back. And we're back with Alan Dershowitz. His new book is called Get Trump. Alan, let me ask you about some of these other cases that President Trump is, is facing. Mm -hmm. He's got a yeah. series of other investigations, including the DOJ, the special counsel investigation into classified documents, the Georgia investigation into his post-election conduct. Mm -hmm. And I guess there are some more January 6th stuff floating around. Yeah. Where do those cases stand? And how does this impact how the DOJ and these other DAs might be thinking about their cases? Okay. In my book, Get Trump, I go through every one of the cases and I catalog them. This is the weakest case. The strongest case is the Florida case. There, it seems like he did possess classified uh, material. He claims he declassified, then that will be a question of fact. 
There he'll win politically because it's gonna be hard to indict him without also going after Biden and Pence. So that's the strongest case legally, weakest case politically. The other two cases are very weak legally. You can't prosecute somebody for saying on a tape, find, find 13,000 votes. Find means they're there. It's not make up, it's not concoct, it's not discover. Even if he meant something different, he said fine. That's a complete defense. The same thing is true of January 6th. He said to the assembled crowd, I want you to demonstrate peacefully and patriotically. That is a complete First Amendment defense. So I think there is nothing to the January 6th or to the telephone call case, though there is something to the classified material case. But I said the day they found classified material in his possession, that every single former president has classified material in their possession. You search through Obama's files, you'll find something. You search through Bush's files, you'll find something. I propose the solution to this. Every bit of classified material ought to be electronically tagged. So you just run through it with a little wand and figure it out. Otherwise, it's just negligence. People just go out of the White House. They're in a rush. They're leaving. They take their stuff with them. And then it's discovered that they have classified material. So I don't think that's worthy of a criminal prosecution. But in Get Trump, in my book, Get Trump, I go through every one of them in great detail. And not only are they getting Trump, they're going after his lawyers. They're going after his family. They're going after people who have associated with him. They're going after me. They're filing charges, fake bar charges against every lawyer who's ever had anything to do with him. I proudly defended him in front of the United States Senate. And I lost so much of my you know, friends and associates and you expect a judge in New York to do justice? No way. Any judge is going to endanger his social life, his political life, his judicial life by doing the right thing. That's why the case has to be moved out of Manhattan. Well, you know, we know that the, these are all political persecutions. They're not legitimate prosecutions. And so there's no real care for the real uh, rule of law here in any of this. So you're exactly right. There are no cases real real cases to be made against Donald Trump in any of these investigations, but they simply don't care. So what happens to President Trump? What happens to the legal system? And what happens to the political process if Donald Trump is hit with like three indictments from these cases? Well, it will be very difficult for the American legal system. It will create a precedent for the future that anytime somebody runs for high office, uh, district attorneys of the other party will rummage through files and see if they can come up with something. There was a great cartoon of um, Michael Cohen seeing Trump actually tear the tag off a mattress. And the tag <laughs> says, you know, tearing this tag off is a violation of law. And the statement, no one's above the law. Well, you know, you can find something about anybody if you look hard enough. And mm -hmm. that's a terrible precedent to be established. I would hope that we would let people decide at the polls. I'm planning to vote against Donald Trump. Don't deny me that constitutional right by coming up with a fake, fake prosecution. By the way, the president uh, can serve even if he's in prison. He's not going to go to prison. But even if he's indicted or convicted, he can serve. You know, it's interesting because a similar situation is going on in Israel today where the prime minister is under investigation for, I believe, uh, crimes that aren't really crimes. But uh, it's going to spread. Uh, one of the uh, presidents of one of the South American countries tweeted yesterday saying, oh, my God, stop lecturing us about democracy. 
if you're prosecuting people who are running against the incumbent president, don't lecture us about democracy. You don't have any standing to do that. Yes, I, I saw that. And it's remarkable and horrifying at the same time. You know, Alan, the greatest threat that we face is the weaponization of our own government against us. Donald Trump is the most visible example of this kind of authoritarian targeting, but it's happening to the rest of us, including yeah. you. Uh, yeah. Obviously, you've been put through the ringer in a number of different ways just for standing for the rule of law and the Constitution. How did we get here? I mean, how, how does this happen where we're, I, and you know, I've said this on the show, Alan, this is worse than a banana republic. And mm -hmm. here's why, because in a banana republic, they do not have a long tradition of a constitution and the bill of rights and due process. We do, and we are just throwing it by the wayside. That's what makes it so much worse than what you see in the third world. And what makes it even worse is that, you know, usually when things are terrible in a country, like in Germany after the First World War, or even in America during the Depression, extremes tend to emerge. Things aren't bad in America today. You know, they could be better if you're a Republican, you think the Democrats aren't doing a good job, vice versa. But we're not in a crisis. It's the radicalization. The hard, hard left is taking over the Democratic Party. And too many people from the hard, hard, hard right are influential in the Republican Party, more in the Democrats than the Republicans. I have to say that even as a, a Democrat. And what we're seeing in law schools, the kind of shutting down of judges and not permitting people to speak. I don't think I could today be invited to make a speech at Harvard Law School where I taught for 50 years. It would be disrupted. And these are our future leaders. So this is not something that's going away so soon. This is something no. that may get worse when these students become our leaders. Yeah, and we're already seeing that influence big time. You know, the founding fathers, brilliant. Their, their brilliance was in creating this extraordinary system of checks and balances. Is that system still intact, Alan? Or are all of our institutions, including the judiciary, which is supposed to be independent, just shot through with corruption and bias? Well, in my book, Get Trump, I go through the whole issue of separation of powers, checks and balances, federalism, and I think it's still intact. It's in danger, but it's intact. We have a Supreme Court and a House of Representatives that represent a different party from the Senate and the presidency. That serves as a, a check. Um, there are other checks as well, but the ultimate check in a democracy is the people. We cannot accept and tolerate this. One of the reasons I wrote uh, Get Trump is I, I'm hoping that creates some degree of accountability. It's become a bestseller. Bragg has to notice that. Other prosecutors have to notice it, that there are people holding them to account. And you, we, the people, have to do that. And we have to do it by making it clear that we don't accept this. And the reaction even to yesterday's indictment uh, was mixed. And that's interesting that they didn't get the complete partisan support of all Democrats uh, on this. And so I'm a little bit more optimistic than I've been in the past. And I hope that, uh, that uh, cooler heads will prevail. And maybe this case will be moved and maybe there will be an acquittal and maybe a message will be sent to brag that you don't run for office on a campaign pledge to get somebody. That's just not the America I love. Yeah, I, you're 100% right. You know, your point about uh, social ostracization, 
which is a really important point. I mean, we saw this with protests against Justice Kavanaugh and other conservative yeah. Supreme Court justices. People just they don't want to lose their careers. They don't want to lose their reputations. They don't want to have mobs outside their house. They want to protect their families. All of that is understandable. Yeah. But the result is that we are losing our constitutional republic. So my question to you is, is that one of the biggest reasons why you are pretty much the only one on the left left standing for the rule of law? I've been told that. I've been told that by friends on the left saying, you know, we agree with you, but we don't have the guts to stand up. We don't want to be Dershowitz. That's become a verb. I wrote a book about it called The Price of Principle. <laughs> mm -hmm. The price is very high on my family, on my friends. I'm having a Seder tonight. Normally I've had you know, 25 people at the Seder. Uh, tonight it's only my immediate family that still stands behind me and supports me. I've lost a tremendous amount of friendship and clients and uh, opportunities to uh, be in the media. Uh, the New York Times has canceled me. Uh, synagogues in New York have canceled me. Uh, I am a victim of the cancel culture, but I won't be a victim. I'm fighting back. I'm 85 years old almost, and I'm going to continue to fight as long as the good Lord gives me the ability to respond to this kind of tyranny. If I'm the only liberal, civil libertarian, Democrat person of the left who stands up for this, I will have to stand alone. Well, you are a tremendous inspiration and a man of great courage, and you've been throughout your entire career, and it, it hasn't been about clients that you like or mm -hmm. don't like, no. whether it's O.J. Simpson or Donald Trump, right? It's not about that right. for you, which is what the founders intended. This is about the Constitution and the rule of law and our system that is supposed to protect the minority and protect um, rights of the individual. And we've just completely lost that. It has been hijacked. And our constitutional system, I think, is hanging by a thread, which is why well, your voice is so important, Alan. And, and why your voice is so important, why we need people like you bringing people like me to the public and bringing views to the public that the mainstream media often won't bring. So thank you for being uh, a voice of defense of our constitutional rights as well. Well, I so appreciate those kind words, especially coming from you, Alan, but you and I both love this country. We yep. come at it from different political viewpoints, but That's we fun. love the extraordinary gift that the founding fathers gave to us which is the Declar Declaration of Independence, number one, and then the most extraordinary governing document in the history of the world, which is right. the Constitution. And we refuse to sit by silently and allow it be, to be torn to shreds. So I, I want to thank you so much for your courage, Alan. I know you've made a lot of sacrifices uh, to stand up for this country and the backbone of it. And we all so appreciate you. Not all, but thank you for those who do. I appreciate it. <laughs> well, my audience <laughs> certainly does, and I certainly do. Alan, Thanks. thank you well, so much. Thank you. Buy my book, make it a bestseller, and that will send a message to Bragg and to others who are thinking of doing these kinds of things. There is some accountability. Absolutely. The book is called Get Trump, The Threat to Civil Liberties, Due Process, and Our Constitutional Rule of Law. Go continue to make it a bestseller because that's the only way we get these communists' attention. It is a must read. You've got to understand what is happening to the rule of law in our country. And Alan Dershowitz breaks it down like only he can. Go get it. Thank you so much.
Okay, well, that was a tremendously important show, and I'm so happy that you guys were here to hear it. Please tell all of your friends, family members about this podcast because we cover the really important stuff, and everybody needs to be aware of what is really going on. So appreciate you guys. Also appreciate the fact that you check out our terrific sponsors. We'll be back here on Friday with another important show. We're going to turn our attention to God because we're not going to bring this country back without God. Look, the country was not established without God, and we're not going to bring it back without God. So on Friday, because this is Holy Week for Christians, Passover week uh, for Jews. We're going to spend some time on God on Friday. Um, So that's going to be a very special show. And we've got a very special guest lined up for you as well. So you're not going to want to miss that. Have a great end to your week. And I will see you right back here on Friday. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.